If you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is All Revved Up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad to be here with you today. And let's start with some news. Uh, Volvo's rollout of its 2021 XC40 recharge, uh, and recharge is the name that Volvo gives to anything that's a battery electric car. Uh, that's their, So it's their compact SUV that's electric, has hit a snag. Uh, the EV's launch has been marred by some software bugs that are holding deliveries to customers. The vehicles are sitting at a New Jersey port indefinitely because issues with the Volvo on-call, on-call app. It appears uh, Volvo sent the first batch of XC20, uh, XC40 recharges uh, to customers without activating the Volvo on-call software, which is a subscription service that allows owners to use their smartphone for commands such as uh, unlocking the vehicle and turning it on. Uh, the owners who took delivery of the first batch without support were not happy. So now Volvo's just stopped delivery. Uh, so the 2021 XC re- XC40 recharge uses uh, Google's Android-powered uh, infotainment system. I mean, it's the first car that's uh, doing that. That on the Polestar, uh, you know, and it can handle over-the-air updates. So you know, theoretically, all this could be done over the air, uh, fixing whatever the problem is. And uh, when they will do it is seems to be unknown. Volvo doesn't have a date for it. So it's possible they won't be able to fix it for over a month, which is not good because it means there's some unhappy customers that know that some glitch in software is the reason that they can't get their car, which is sitting in a port in New Jersey. So Porsche unleashed the 2021 Taycan Cross Turismo to the world this past week. Uh, it's a high-performance wagon. Yes, I know, a wagon, which is, you know, the styling, I think it looks terrific. It's you know, like a shooting brake, which is a shooting brake is a term for a two-door wagon. Um, so it's really, but it has four doors, of course. It's really one of a kind. There's nothing else like it on the market. Uh, not only do you get a hatchback for easy cargo access, but the rear seats fold down for, you know, real storage space. So it actually has, you know, some decent storage space in this, uh, basically a sports car. Uh, the base uh, take on four cross Turismo. I know it's like a mouthful. Uh, is a you know sports uh, sports car with dual motor uh, setup. So it has a motor in the front and a motor in the rear. Uh, combined, they make 375 horsepower and 368 pound feet of torque. Uh, so it shoots from zero to 60 in 4.8 seconds, which is very nice, uh, with the top speed of 136 miles per hour. Naturally, there is the you know you know, take on cross Turismo 4S, Turbo, and Turbo S versions, um, just like the regular take on. Uh, all sports Turismo wagons get Porsche's largest battery, which is a 93.4 kilowatt hour pack. So how much? Glad you asked. The entry-level take on four cross Turismo is a $92,250 deal. And if you want the Turbo S, that clocks in, which is the top of the line, it clocks in at 187600 plus a whopping 1350 in freight for a total of $188,950. Uh, and if you're familiar with Porsche, the list of options is endless and extremely pricey. So it can you know, easily go past 200000 quickly. 
the Corvette rumor mill is in high gear again these days. You know, first there was this, it's, it's a rumor, but it's a, all likelihood GM will make a Corvette SUV to cash in on both the name Corvette and the never-ending thirst for uh, SUVs uh, over sedans or coupes or any other kind of car. So, you know, Porsche trailblazed uh, the, this uh, with the first with the Cayenne and then with the Macan SUVs. Uh, and these days, Porsche sells far more SUVs than they do sports cars, but it allows the profits allow them to make these very desirable sports cars like uh, the 911 or the 718 Cayman. So all of those are there, but basically they sell SUVs. Um, you know, uh, Rolls Royce has cashed in with the Cullinan. Bentley has cashed in with the uh, Bentayga. And uh, Lamborghini has cashed in with the Urus. And, you know, the Lamborghini Urus doubled Lamborghini's sales for the year, for 2020. So that's pretty good. Uh, Ferrari is going to have an SUV very soon called the Puro Sang, which is uh, pure blood in Italian. So that should be out probably next year. Uh, and so why not Corvette? But, you know, before we get to a Corvette SUV, there's going to be something called the Corvette E-Ray, E like electric, which is not an electric Corvette, not yet, but it's a plug-in hybrid that will strap a battery down the center tunnel of the car and then have two electric motors up front, each rated at 50 horsepower, uh, to give the Corvette all-wheel drive and an additional 100 horsepower. So this sounds like a lot of fun to me. Uh, so that's coming soon. They, you know, they people have seen it being built, and you know, there's prototypes being driven around. Uh, but you know, eventually, the, all Corvettes will be electric, like everything else that GM makes. So probably the C9, whenever that comes out, we're, at, we're on the you know C8, which is the eighth generation. So while 2020 wasn't a very good year for new car sales, unless you're Tesla, of course, uh, automotive news reports. That overall dealer profits soared by 48% last year, leading to record-setting profits despite sluggish new car sales. Well, how did this happen? And you know, the easy answer is they screwed consumers with increased prices on in-demand new trucks and SUVs because you know production was way down, so was inventory, so di- you know discounts weren't out there, so they gouged you for prices there. Uh, and then there was so the limited supply of new cars simply increased the demand for used cars and dealers increased prices accordingly. Uh, many people who took public transit uh, shifted to driving themselves, assuming they didn't lose their jobs. And if you really want to see red, the rich decided to splurge. Yes, I know. Uh, sales of vehicles between 80,000 and 90,000 um, were up 91%. So 91% is a stunning amount. So, uh, yeah, uh, for the fourth quarter of 2020, uh, according to J.D. Power. Um, and then sales uh, under 20000 which is where the poor people, I guess, shop, were down by 30%, down by 30% in the fourth quarter. Uh, and for sales that were between twenty and 30000 uh, which is sort of like in the middle of things, that shrank by 7%. But for sh- for vehicles that were $100,000 or more, uh, the market grew 63%. So money was in expensive vehicles. In addition, many dealers received uh, forgivable you know, paycheck protection program loans from the government. Uh, overall staffing fell, uh, so they didn't have as many people employed. And digital retail uh, improved per person per productivity. Low interest rates, auto dealer credits, 
and low supply turn floor plan from a which is you know the financing for all the the various things on the uh, on the floor of a, you know that that the uh, dealer has like inventory and other things that they have on, on you know for sale uh, it turned it from a liability which you know that was just sinking costs into into the uh, uh, you know interest for carrying all this inventory into really an asset in 2020 dealers ended up making around 140 dollars per car just from credits and interest alone. And compared to a typical year where a dealer might lose 96 per year, uh, per I mean, per car, on fees and expenses related to slow-selling inventory that's lingering in lots where they have to make, you know, get, you know, get rid of it somehow. So they have to make, them, make up the money somewhere else. Whether these trends will continue in 2021 is hard to say. Uh, while the p- pandemic itself has not forced any, you know, factory closures, continuing shortage of critical microchips have uh, really slowed down production for many, many uh, manufacturers. And there's also a shortage of foam, believe it or not. I'll get into that, uh, uh, you know, a little bit later. But foam for car seats and stuff, it's a problem because of freezing in Texas and the petroleum industry not putting out enough product so we've got a problem with that so things are down you know so there's going to be shortages of of various things on lots again for 2021 and you know it may probably used car demand will be up as well uh the 2022 jeep reg wagoneer and grand wagoneer will be the first cars to feature uh, drum roll amazon fire tv for auto it's kind of like CarPlay, you know, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto in that it integrates well-known software uh, with in-car hardware. But Amazon's take for passengers enjoy, you know, take is for passenger enjoyment, not for the driver or navigator. Uh, the system will integrate with the fifth generation of Jeep's Uconnect infotainment system. Uh, and the focus will be on keeping occupants as occupied as possible. So I guess it's screaming kids in the back seat. Uh, via streaming video, it's safe to say that the you know Fire TV system will entertain uh, probably the co-pilot as well if there's a you know a screen for that person um, and rear passengers of course. Um, those who opt for Amazon Auto will have Amazon's uh, downright gargantuan library of you know TV, movies, shows, music, and other things to pick from. Uh, the system will integrate with your Amazon account. So if you have an Amazon Prime account, it'll, it will immigrate. Uh, it will integrate with that, meaning you can pause a movie at home and pick it up where you left off in the car. Uh, I'm sure that there will be a subscription fee to access to either the 4G or 5G wireless internet to uh, to stream all this fun stuff. F9, you've heard of that. That's the fast. Uh, saga, the long-anticipated uh, ninth installment of Fast and Furious franchise, has been delayed again. The latest de- debut date is uh, June 25th, 2021. It was originally slated to debut in May of 2020, but the pandemic kind of killed that. Then it was rescheduled to April 2nd, 2021. But it turns out that <laughs> poor James Bond, uh, Daniel Daniel Craig's last flick as James Bond, No Time to Die, uh, was scheduled for that date. So they decided to reschedule um, to uh, June 25th. But no Time to Die has also been rescheduled. I don't know the date of that, but so they keep rescheduling all these movies because they want it to be at a time when people are back into theaters. Um, 
and whether or not that's going to happen, I, you know, hopefully it's soon. Uh, you know, I understand from, you know, from at least here in California, many of the counties are turning back into, you know, uh, the red zone or whatever they call this, you know, as we, you know, drop down and convert coronavirus cases with, uh, uh, vaccinations being, uh, you know, you know, be being, you know, given at a much higher rate. So we, we will have those things. Uh, Ford is uh, having trouble delivering its uh, Mustang Mach-E electric SUV to customers. Letters to customers say delays are due to quality checks. Ford is offering its customers additional free charging time on the Ford Pass charging network. And this applies to approximately 4,500 customers, including about 1,500 who have been ar- who have already received their Mustang Mach-E. In addition, Ford will provide $1,000 towards the purchase of a Mustang Mach-E for approximately 150 customers who have experienced more than one delay due to quality checks. Now, we don't know what quality means, uh, you know, what Ford is saying by that, but, you know, Ford still thinks they're going to deliver 50,000 Mach-E's to the customers this year. Well, in our second hour, we're going to have a lot of Bring a Trailer with John McMullen, but for the time being, this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio, and we'll be right back. CEO Jones Agency. At Jones Agency, we are virtually unstoppable. 24-7, 365. As a leading creative shop in the Inland Empire, it's our role to continue providing the best thinking and strategic leadership, especially during these challenging times. As we all learn to create and adapt to our new normal, at Jones, we're one step ahead providing fully integrated marketing services to you the moment you need them at a cost you can afford. And that's our promise. We are here to help your businesses weather the storm, refocus your dreams, and maybe even eliminate some of the barriers. Call us today for a free assessment, 760-325-1437, extension 206. 760-325-1437, extension 206. Hashtag Stronger Together. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. Welcome back. If you want to call us in the studio, the number is 760-544-8255. Um, our friends at Volkswagen are hard at work on a new uh, flagship electric vehicle under the name Project Trinity. Uh, the name is only slightly creepy because I've been reading this book about the, you know, the doctors of the nuclear age, and and Trinity was the name, uh, the code name given to the uh, site for dropping the first or for detonating the first A bomb. Um, 
by uh, Robert Oppenheimer. So it's kind of a weird name. But uh, VW says that it's transforming itself from a traditional automaker into a software-led mobility provider. For VW, Trinity Code is a reference to three main tenets of the new ve- what the new vehicle represents. There's a new platform. So it's not the uh, MEB, which is what they're basing all their current uh, electric cars on. So it's a new platform. Uh, There's a new production process, and it's going to have self-driving technology integrating artificial intelligence. In other words, it's copying Tesla, uh, which is kind of a smart move because Tesla's ahead of everybody else. Uh, The new cars will be equipped with all the features. Uh, Customers will be able to unlock them on demand via software. Um, The highly efficient production technique will help VW keep costs down, and VW will use the sensors and data gathered from having millions of vehicles on the road to develop a neural network. And this is exactly what Tesla is doing now. Uh, every Tesla car is uh, equipped with uh, all of the cameras uh, and sensors and uh, various uh, video clips are sent back anonymously to Tesla from every single Tesla car. Um, and it sort of builds pictures of a road and what it looks like, and you know when you when you know when you go into autopilot and when you take it out of autopilot, and you know why. And so they've got this gigantic supercomputer that is build, building essentially AI for self-driving, and so that's what Tesla's doing. And VW's decided that that's probably a really good idea, so they're going to copy it, which is again I think a really good idea. Um, so. Uh, it's it's a form of artificial intelligence that uses the gathered data from all these vehicles, which is a good a good thing. So it's without the need to be. The whole point is to uh, you know not you don't need to be explicitly programmed with predefined algorithms. In other words, it thinks that you know the neural net basically thinks for itself with what it sees with its cameras and sensors. Um, but uh, Tesla's way ahead of VW on this because this Project Trinity won't be till 2025, I believe. Uh, Minnesota is considering a tax on uh, electric electricity used to charge electric cars. Uh, the billing, um, the bill circulating through the Minnesota legislature uh, designates charging networks and utilities as electric fuel dealers, uh, and the proposed tax is 5.1 cents per kilowatt hour. Uh, which would end up being several dollars per each charge of a long-range EV's battery. The problem isn't just in Minnesota. States all over are losing gas tax revenue uh, as drivers switch to EVs and plug-in cars or hybrids with higher fuel economy. Of course, we have huge trucks and SUVs that make some of that back, but some people aren't paying their quote fair share to public, to, you know, to to fund public roadways and driving infrastructure. Some states have proposed a flat fee when an EV is registered each year, but the reliability of gas taxes, uh, you know, they're being regressive and they're not collecting nearly enough money to to really do all the work, both federal and state, by the way, are, are having trouble with this. Um, and, you know, the, the, the answer, they say, is to basically tax everybody, both gas and, and electric, as on a per-mile-driven basis. Uh, but, of course, then you'd have to have people, you know, self-report or you go to like, you know, where you would go to a smog check station every year and they would, you know, check your mileage on your car and report that. And then you'd receive a bill theoretically for what, you know, what all the miles you drove from by the year. But we're, we're a ways from having that happen. So 
uh, we'll see what ha- we'll see what happens. Uh, to the surprise of no one, Stellantis has killed uh, Stellantis, which is the uh, the company that was uh, the new name of uh, the uh, merger of uh, P- PSA, which is Peugeot, Citroen, and FCA, Fiat Chrysler, into one company. They've killed the return of Peugeot to the United States. It doesn't make sense to bring one more. Uh, brand uh, to here when you already have to deal with you know Dodge and Chrysler, let alone a you know a relaunch of a long forgotten brand like uh, Peugeot or Citroen uh, into the U.S. market. So uh, now that the companies have merged, the companies can share platforms, technology, drivetrains, cross borders. In a couple of years, you may be buying a Chrysler branded EV that is essentially an electric Peugeot under the skin. So Stellantis CEO Carlos Taver said that uh, he doesn't plan on ditching either Chrysler or Dodge as far as the brands go, uh, given their historic significance to the U.S. market and their brand name recognition here. In other words, the Peugeot name in the U.S. market just has little consumer recognition and makes no sense to bring it back. It's Todd Bianco talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Uh, I always like lists, and I found a, an interesting one from Auto Week this week. Uh, they have the 19 cars that the editors were looking forward to in 2021. Um, so let's just start off at the top, which is something that everybody likes to see is another Porsche 911, and this one is the GT3. So it's you know they take a basic 911, which really isn't basic to begin with, and uh, they uh, Porsche Motorsports. Uh, goes over it to make it essentially brilliant. Uh, it will sport a 510 horsepower, four liter, naturally aspirated flat six uh, from the Speedster, and either a six-speed manual or a seven-speed dual clutch. Um, and in uh, it's gonna, and is a road-going 911 first, but the GT3 will have a double wishbone front suspension. Uh, so it's uh, going to be one of the all-time greats that they look forward to seeing. Now, this one I'd never heard of. This is called Gordon Murray Automotive T.50. Gordon Murray Murray Automotive says deliveries of their T.50 are set to begin in early 2022, so we're hoping desperately to drive one beforehand. This is a a successor to the McLaren F1 with a 654-horsepower, 12,100-rpm V12, a manual gearbox, and a curb weight of just over 2,000 pounds. Wow. Um, so that's that's really a dream car. I don't know who Gordon Murray is, but apparently there's somebody who, uh, you know, tunes these cars and, you know, makes them very special. I've seen a picture of it. It's quite quite the sports car, but you won't see very many of them, I don't think. Uh, Maserati, the Maserati uh, MC20. So finally, Maserati is going to return to the sports car game with its MC20. It's got a carbon fiber tub. It's a 612 horsepower twin turbo V6, uh, an A-speed dual clutch uh, automatic, double wishbones at all four corners, plus um, a Spider and a full electric version are coming too. So Spider meaning a convertible and full electric. We'll see you know, when that happens. It's good to see that uh, Maserati is actually going to have a proper sports car again. Well, I guess they call it a supercar. 
then there's the McLaren Artura. Uh, this is the uh, it's the it's the successor to the 570s. Uh, they have very high hopes for it. It's called, again weird name Artura. Usually they you know McLaren gives them names. I mean gives them uh, numbers, but uh, it'll be its first mainstream hybrid with power from a new twin turbo V6 and an all-new chassis to underpin it. It's a big deal, to say the least, and we hope McLaren can uh, retain the purity of the 570S as it embraces electrification. Um, On the the lower level, I guess, we have the Subaru BRZ, uh, which will be a new BRZ, and it will have a stiffer chassis, a bit more power and torque, courtesy of a 2.4-liter flat four under the hood. Uh, It should remain the simple, lightweight, well-balanced little sports car that we all love. In a world that lacks such so many of little cars like this, we're glad to see Subarus doing it. And everyone is expecting Toyota to have their own version, probably another Toyota 86. Uh, We will get a new Nissan Z this year as well. Uh, We've been waiting a long time for a new Nissan Z. It's hard to believe it's almost here. Uh, The 2022 Z will be uh, aimed right at uh, the Toyota Supra uh, with a 400-horsepower twin-turbo V6 uh, and, praise be, they say, a six-speed manual transmission. Let's hope the production car looks as good as the one we've seen all over the Internet as their, their concept version of it. Uh, the GMC Hummer EV, uh, we know that that's coming. That's the that's the truck version. When they're going to introduce the SUV version of it during the uh, NCAA finals, uh, so they but you know they, they that GM says they're going to be delivering the first you know few of these uh, this year, which will be interesting to see. These are very very expensive. Uh, I think that they, you know, these launch editions were, you know, like one hundred and twelve, one hundred and thirteen thousand uh, dollars. You know, it, you know, it it should be, you know, impressive off-road capabilities. We've seen pictures of it doing crawling in the sand. It says that GM says it will have a zero to sixty time of uh, three uh, of three seconds. Um, those two things alone are, are enough for anybody to to sort of, you know, drool over. Uh, we have the Rivian R1T, which is the pickup truck, and the R1S, which is the SUV version of the pickup truck. So, um, and also Rivian's going to show the uh, in in full production form the Amazon van as well. So that they'll have all three of them coming, you know, to uh, to be introduced very soon. Uh, they, you know, burst on the scene in 2018 with the uh, show. Uh, they showed the SUV, the R1S and the R1T, the pickup truck at the LA Auto Show. And they were, everyone just loved them and we've been waiting to see it uh, in full production. They should be here uh, July, August, at least the pickup truck. And then a little bit after that will be the SUV. Uh, the Tesla Cybertruck, of course. Uh, everybody's intrigued by the, uh, you know, the post-apocalyptic look of the of the truck. Uh, you know, Elon likes to, you know, liken it to like a Blade Runner type of vehicle, and you know, they wanted to be the leader in pandemic uh, or uh, you know, apocalyptic uh, automobiles. So, uh, you know, the the the, the uh, very creasy, you know, creased, sharp-looking version of this truck. Uh, Tesla's building a factory right now in Austin, Texas. Uh, it's a gigantic factory. They hope to start production of the Cybertruck and Model Y late this year, which will be very, very quick. Uh, for, you know, the factory will be less than a year uh, in in uh, actual uh, building time. 
There's the Cadillac CT4-V and the CT5-V Blackwing. So the CT4-V and the CT5-V are, they say, are very good, but they're not successors to the old V series that they've been waiting for. Uh, they would be the Blackwings. So what that is is they'll be coming with a, you know, a big V8. Uh, that was uh, originally uh, debuted in the CT6, the Cadillac CT6, which Cadillac, of course, killed. But now they're using the Blackwing V8 in these two cars, and it, both will be available with a manual transmission. They'll be pretty excited to see these cars. Uh, the BMW M3 and M4 are coming out, and actually it's all being covered by the press this week. I've seen numerous videos and articles about the new m3 and the m4 um and so they have the the m4 has gi the gigantic new grill and has quite aggressive looks to it i, I actually it's growing on me but uh both come standard with a six-speed manual transmission and a 473 horsepower twin turbo straight six um, there'll be a competition package as well, which will add 30 horsepower to it. All-wheel drive will also be an option for the first time in the M3, M4 history, and you'll be able to order them with uh, carbon fiber seats, which are, I've seen pictures of those in a video, and they're quite beautiful, and the electric versions too, yeah. Uh, the Hyundai Elantra N, uh, this is on the lower end of these things, but the uh, the N N represents the the, the sporty version of any uh, Hyundai these days. So we had the Veloster N, which is they say is fantastic, and they named it Performance Car of the Year in 2020. So it stands to reason that it, the upcoming Elantra N will be as as exciting. So Hyundai is putting the Veloster N's running gear into the Elantra and uh, should make a hell of a little sedan. And it will give a run for the money for the likes of the Civic Si and the Jetta GLI. Uh, we see a new Lotus for fine, finally for the first time in years. The Lotus Evija, E-V-I-J-A, is... Um, it's it's a stunning car. I've seen it. It's, it's a you know it's a sports car. It's you know a two door, very very low slung, and it is a departure from the lightweight internal combustion sports cars Lotus is famous for, uh, because uh, wow, it, it's it's electric. So we'll see what happens with it. It's uh, and it only weighs thirty seven hundred pounds, which is lightweight for an electric car. We'll see. Uh, I, I can't wait to actually see it. It'll, it'll be great to see what Lotus has done. Uh, of course, pickup truck fans are waiting for a new F-150, a Ford F-150 Raptor. The Raptor is uh, sure to, you know, uh, you know, we got the new F-150 last year, so the Raptor's coming soon. There have been pictures all over the Internet of Ford testing it. Uh, reports suggest that the off-roader will be available with either a 3.5-liter V6 hybrid powertrain or a 5.2-liter supercharged V8, which is the first time that they'll have a choice of running, uh, you know, uh, uh, running gears, uh, running, uh, you know, the powertrains in a Raptor. And, of course, you'll get all the suspension mods that make the Raptor a legend. For, uh, for the first time in its existence, the Raptor will have very stiff competition in the form of the goofy but brilliant Ram TRX, which once sold on Bring a Trailer for a little over $100,000 a week ago. Uh, so we uh, can't wait to see the, that the Raptor as well. Uh, the Lucid Air. Lucid Air is coming maybe second or third quarter, uh, but Lucid showed it. It's the it's an ultra luxury EV. Uh, they're building it at a, a, a purpose a built factory out in Arizona. Um, the uh, it's going to have a very long range of uh, over 500 miles. Uh, it is extremely luxurious inside, both uh, front and rear seats. Um, let's see. 
a company boss, Peter Rawlinson, who was responsible for the original Tesla Model S. So it seems like it's going to be, you know, they raced it all the, we've seen the, the, the Lucid Air various uh, racetracks and it should give the Tesla Model S a run for its money. Now, we also have a new Jeep Wrangler 392. That means that Jeep is stuffing a V8 into the Wrangler, specifically a 470 horsepower, 6.4 liter Hemi that's used in the Dodge Charger and Challenger. Does the Wrangler need it? No. Do people want it? Of course. Will it get sucky gas mileage? Of course. Who cares? Uh, the Tesla Model S Plaid and Plaid Plus are coming. Um We've uh, they've been introduced to us. Tesla is you know not going to be outdone by Lucid Air, so they've promised a 1,100 horsepower and a sub two second zero to 60 time. So it's got three electric motors and a price of about $140,000, which seems a lot until you realize that a Porsche Taycan Turbo S costs $185,000 and the Tesla is faster. There's going to be a Mustang Mach 1. So the the Ford GT Performance Pack 2, which will make it the Mach 1. Um, and it should be, you know, a really fast, fun Mustang. It won't replace, uh, you know, the Shelby GT350, which was dis- discontinued. And it won't be nearly as fast as the Shelby GT500. But it's some, somewhere in between. And I know that, that uh, Ford fans are waiting for a new Mach 1. We have a Mach E, which is the electric crossover. But, uh, uh, you know, a Mustang Mach 1 is something that, you know, people have been asking Ford to do for, for years. And this is what, you know, they're finally going to give us something uh, in that form, in that name. That, you know, it resonates with Mustang owners. And then finally, I mean, it sounds a little like, you know, like a letdown, but it's not because uh, they're going to have a brand new Honda Civic soon. And while we're not sure when we will see the next SI and the Type R, but we're excited that, you know, they're going to be all new Civic, uh, new platform uh, drivetrains and things that, that Honda will uh, hopefully will return to more of its uh, Honda-ness, which is what people like, uh, you know, a keen driver's car uh, hidden with a mainstream compact body. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio. This is Todd Bianco, and we'll be right back. Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged, but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Let's do some more news. I think at the bottom of the hour, I, I, I missed some of the... Uh, 
the announcement of the new GMC Hummer EV SUV. I know it's a mouthful. Uh, it'll debut uh, during the NCAA Final Four on April 3rd at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They're also going to live stream it uh, on the internet. Uh, on the, there's be a website for anybody who isn't watching the basketball game, which I guess there's to be some people who won't be. I won't be. But uh, GMC will begin accepting reservations, though, for the vehicle through its website immediately following the debut. Now, they haven't given a price yet, but assuming that the SUV costs at least as, you know, the the, the introductory version, you know, the, 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 the launch version is anything like the pickup truck version, um, it'll be at least $110,000, $120,000 for the launch version of the GMC Hummer EV SUV. That's a whole mouthful there. Now, earlier I talked about the new Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer, the 2022 all-new ones uh, are going to be uh, uh, going to have uh, option of uh, Amazon uh, Fire TV. Uh, but we haven't actually seen the production version. We've seen the concept version, and everybody thinks that the concept version is going to be essentially what the you know the, what the production version looks like. But um, uh, Jeep is going to be showing the production version uh, this week. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I think tomorrow uh, at uh, which is March 11th at uh, 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, both SUVs should be uh, in dealerships this fall, though Jeep hasn't announced exact timing. Both will be full-size, three-row SUVs. Now, to imagine the size of these things, think that the Wagoneer is going to be the size of a Chevy Tahoe, and the Grand Wagoneer will be the size of a Chevy Suburban. So it's basically the same thing. One's just longer than the other. Um, the Grand Wagoneer will have extra luxurious you know, features to it that they – basically are going to be targeting the uh, people who would buy a Cadillac Escalade or a GMC Navigator. And, uh, you know, FCA or Chrysler, Jeep, whatever you want to call the versions, you know, basically this is a Ram truck and it's a Ram 1500 and the Ram 1500 has the best interior of, you know, the, the, the feel of it. It feels very luxurious uh, of uh, p- basically any pickup truck. The Ford uh, F-150 maybe, you know, could have some cool features, but, you know, as far as a nice place to live, the, F- the Ram 1500 is probably the nicest. Uh, and, the, and these are built on the Ram uh, 1500 uh, chassis, which means they're both body on frame, big hulking SUVs, which, of course, this is what everybody needs. Uh, the Grand Wagoneer is expected to be at least in the $100,000 range. And I am sure that people will buy it because that's what people do in the United States. Um uh, let's see. There's going to be, we, you know, first we knew that there was a global shortage of semiconductor chips for vehicles, and that slowed down production of models anywhere from pickup trucks to Teslas. So now, uh, and, and the reason that it, the reason there was a shortage apparently was because during the pandemic, um, you know, new cars, you know, the, the factory shut down and there wasn't a demand, the same demand for the chip. So the chip makers made you know, deals with consumer electronics companies for the chips. And then once all the production came back, the, you know, the, the chip production didn't come back at the same time. So that's a problem and that, so it's imbalanced. Uh, and so that's why the chip is a, is a problem. And lots of factories are either having to, you know, they usually run three shifts. Now, sometimes they're down to one or two shifts now because they simply don't have enough of the of the chips, the microchips that they need. Well, now it's 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 foam. 
Yeah, I know that sounds weird, but the freeze in Texas, you know, the snow, the power outages, all meant that the oil refineries uh, didn't make the byproducts needed for car and truck seating. Uh, and now the automakers are all scrambling for alternatives. Um, so that's right there. So there's a shortage of seat foam. Specifically, uh, there was less polyurethane foam produced, which meant no foam for car seats. The shortage of foam could also be a bigger slowdown uh, or shutdown than the uh, scarcity of the microchips. So it's, it's of, of a concern to many of the manufacturers out there. Um, there's a U.S. recall of uh, the Hyundai Kona uh, EVs, about 4,600 of them. Uh, it'll start in April. They're going to actually replace uh, this. Uh, they're going to replace the battery pack for you free of charges for 2019 and 2020 Kona electric uh, EVs, uh, and then a couple of uh, Hyundai Ionic electric vehicles as well will have the pack replaced. It's a, it's a, it's going to be very expensive because these are really expensive things for them to do, and it's, it's considered the most expensive uh, recall uh, of uh, of any electric car so far. Um, there was, uh, also that, you know, th they thought at first that a software update would be able to fix the problem. And they tried that back in October at that, but that did not fix the problem. As far as Hyundai knows, there's been no fires here in the United States, but there have been fires in other countries of the, uh, you know, identical cars. So, uh, that, that's why everybody's getting a new battery pack. Uh, and the battery pack is made by, uh, LG, uh, energy solutions. And it was made at their, uh, Nanjing China factory. And it was a cathode, you know, it had a, you know, it, it, it let's see it, in, uh, in those, in those, those cells, the anode tab may be folded, which could allow lithium plating to contact the cathode resulting in an electrical short, which could lead to a fire. That's what the problem is. Kia is recalling 30, 3,380,000 vehicles because of issues with electric circuitry that could lead to fires in engine compartments. Vehicle owners will be told to park outside and stay away from structures until the recall repair is complete. The recall includes the Sportage and Cadenzas from 2017 through to the 2021 model years. The circuit in the vehicle's hydraulic electrical electronic control units could short circuit, upping the risk of fire. There have been no fires or accidents or injuries reported but they're still doing a recall. Um, Mercedes-Benz just priced their flagship Maybach. The Mercedes Maybach uh, S580 starts at a bargain of $185,950. Uh, now, bargain, when you compare it to a Rolls-Royce Ghost or a Bentley Flying Spur, the Ghost starts at $332,500, and the Flying Spur starts at a you know, mere $200,000. So this is basically, you know, the Maybach is based on the seventh generation S-Class. Uh, it has, uh, except it's a seven inch longer wheelbase. It's powered, uh, the base one is powered by a four liter twin turbo V8 with integrated EQ boost, which is basically a 48 volt architecture uh, with, a, with a generator that uh, goes, that it replaces a starter. It's uh, going to be a powerful beast. All wheel drive is standard. <laughs> Get, order yours now. Uh, this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHeartRadio. I'll be back at the top of the hour with John McMullen and uh, and Bring a Trailer. 